My name is Daniel Galarza, and I'm a licensed clinician. This podcast is for people who are interested in improving their relationships in their lives, but maybe more importantly, improving their relationships with themselves. When you have an issue in your life, how do you tend to handle it? Are you a shark or are you a turtle? Whether we realize it or not, when we get emotionally invested in something, we tend to have consistent patterns on how we handle a problem. It could be very helpful for you and your relationships to understand what is your conflict management style. Normally, when we're not as invested in a circumstance, we can handle situations in one of three ways. We can cooperate, we can compromise, or we'll collaborate. But the second we're more emotionally invested, we tend to lean toward our fight or flight response. In today's podcast, I will be going over three different reactions that we have when we're emotionally affected or invested in a situation. So for the first example, I'm going to start off with a short story. One evening, a newlywed couple take their dog out for a walk. While out on the walk, a large loose dog starts running in their direction. In that moment, the husband's instinct is to pull away. He starts moving back and he puts his wife in between himself and the dog. Now, fortunately for everybody, the dog was a friendly dog. He just wanted to come over and play. But in that example, the husband demonstrated that his instinctual reaction was to avoid. He wanted to pull away. Unfortunately, he hid behind his wife. She was able to move on from it. But his wife did have a few questions for him after. The concept of understanding what an avoider does is to understand that they're trying to pull away. Their intention is to prevent a negative thing from happening by avoiding the situation. So in this case, when an avoider is outside of their comfort zone, their strategy is to protect themselves similar to what a turtle would do. A turtle has a shell. When they perceive danger, they hide inside of the shell. And that's what an avoider does. They might minimize the situation, say things like, it's not that big of a deal. We don't have to do anything about it. Or they'll just keep it inside. You'll never know somebody was uncomfortable with a situation because they never said anything about it. They simply suck it up. They won't be likely to directly tell you that something was a problem for them. So let's use this as an example. If a server brings the wrong food to an avoider, the likelihood is that that person is not going to do anything about it or say anything about it. They might suffer inside about it. If they do say something, they might simply identify the fact that that was not what they ordered. But then they'll brush it under the rug. They'll say things like, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Or they'll make light of it. Like, well, I guess today I'll get to try something different. Internally, that person doesn't want to create the perceived conflict of saying something to the server fearing that they're going to inconvenience that person. So in turn, they might just suck it up. They'll force themselves to eat something they don't want to eat, or they might not eat at all. Again, justifying it by saying something like, I wasn't really that hungry anyways. In this situation, the avoider is outside of their comfort zone when they have to confront something in order to advocate for themselves. Because an avoider holds on to so many things inside, they sometimes wonder why other people don't understand them. And the answer is not that complicated. It's because you didn't make it clear enough. You might have suggested it or hinted around it, but never directly made your needs known. You internalized it and wonder why people didn't understand you, or you wonder what was it about you that other people didn't like or didn't get. Inherently, an avoider is an internalizer and are more likely to question themselves than question other people. Now, because an avoider is holding on to so much inside, in some cases, avoiders explode. They're like a volcano where they could only hold on to so much before they have a moment in which their frustration comes all out. When that happens, 
they're misunderstood even further. What the other people don't get is everything that that person has been holding on to. Now, avoiders don't always explode. Sometimes they just hold it inside for a very long time and suffer in silence for a long time. If you feel that you have a tendency to avoid things more often than you probably should, it's going to be valuable for you to learn how to advocate for yourself. So I recommend two things. First, I advise you to start paying attention to the things that you give up on a daily basis. We don't realize how much we give up of ourselves because we're so used to it. But when we stop and notice, we realize that we give up of the simplest things without even thinking about it. Once you have made a note of the things you give up, prepare to start advocating for yourself. Start with something easy. Become familiar with circumstances that you know you're going to encounter and start rehearsing what you're going to say and how you're going to behave. When we rehearse it in our minds, it increases the likelihood that we're going to play it out in real life. By doing this, you're going to start the process of using your words to let people know what your needs are. And in turn, the people in your life are going to start understanding you a little more. Now for one more story. A young woman is driving with her boyfriend in the passenger side. To her left, a car swerves too close to her lane, freaking her out a little bit. In turn, she turns to the car and proceeds to give them a piece of her mind. She's angry. She's yelling, she's cursing, and she's throwing her hands up in the air as if to say, bring it on. Now the poor boyfriend over here on the side is fearing for his life. As far as he's concerned, if anything escalates, those guys are coming after him. Fortunately for everybody, the situation does not escalate. But in that instant, the girlfriend's instinct was to attack. In that moment, she was very much a shark. A person who has a tendency to attack is a person that can be highly combative. When they're outside of their comfort zone, their instinct is to protect themselves by becoming assertive or even aggressive. These are not the people that are going to sit back and say nothing about it. You're going to know exactly what they're thinking and exactly how they're feeling. Because they'll let you know, and to a degree they can't hold it back. You might know you live with a person like this because you might find yourself walking on eggshells, often feeling like you don't want to do or say something that's going to set them off, because you know how they can be. A shark might be more likely to wonder what other people's problems are instead of considering their problems. They might feel that other people should have known better. They might say things like, how could you not know? What were you thinking? At the end of the day, their outlook is, how could you have inconvenienced me? Or not known better not to put me in that situation. So in the scenario of the server getting the order wrong, the shark is more likely to get annoyed and for certain say something about it. They might even be rude about it or get upset about it. They're not really thinking about how uncomfortable the situation is going to be for the server or for anybody else there in that restaurant. They're thinking about how they were wronged. Ultimately, a person who's a shark or an attacker can have a difficult time understanding how they're affecting the people around them. The problem with that is that people who attack too much tend to cause damage in the relationships in their lives. They push people away. They make it uncomfortable for anybody to talk to them about honest things. They don't tend to consider the needs of other people. In the moment, they're not thinking about how they affect others. Some people who attack consider it after the fact, but not always. After the situation, they might be thinking to themselves, can you believe they got the order wrong? Or why don't people think before they act? In this case, if you happen to be a person that attacks too much, I would like to say that your ability to advocate for yourself is actually a very good thing. However, it comes on too strong and it's way too intense. So I would recommend two things. The first thing is to acknowledge that when you come on too strong, you're causing damage to your relationships. You're pushing people away. And that's something that should matter 
if your interest is to have a good relationship with the people you care about. And the second is to take time to be a better listener. People who attack too much are not very good listeners. They're more interested in getting the message across and have very little interest in receiving the message. By becoming a better listener, you're practicing more compassion and empathy for the other person. The last thing you should want is to hurt people in your life. So create some space to better understand them and consider their feelings or their thoughts. And lastly, I want to talk about people who tend to be accommodators. An accommodator is a teddy bear because they make people feel good. They will give up of themselves for the needs of other people. These are the kind of people that will put their needs in the backseat as long as the people in their lives are happy and comfortable. An accommodator can have a difficult time with the idea that someone's uncomfortable with them, so they will do whatever it takes to make sure that the people in their lives are good. They will avoid saying no to someone, fearing that somebody might not like it. They're likely to put themselves in uncomfortable situations and give up of themselves for the people in their lives. A person who's an accommodator loves taking care of others. They're amazing caretakers. And in many cases, their sense of identity is to be there for others. They can't imagine anything other than doing for other people. So if you were to ask that person a question like, what would you want? Their answer might be, I want to make sure you're okay. Putting the other person's needs at the forefront. A person who's too much of an accommodator can potentially have a very difficult time even knowing what their needs are because they don't practice understanding what they are in the first place. They've given up their needs so much that they might not even know what they are. By being too much of an accommodator, you're creating an off-balanced relationship. And in some cases, you create a dependent or codependent relationship. An accommodator would have a very difficult time setting healthy boundaries because they're afraid that the other person might be upset. And in some cases, they will fear that that person will leave them. A person who's too much of an accommodator runs a couple of risks. The first one is that there's a good likelihood that an accommodator can be taken for granted. People are so used to them doing things and always being there and never saying no that they don't even consider the accommodator's needs. What if that person's tired or sick? What if they can't? What if they shouldn't be doing something? Because people don't really know the needs of the accommodator. They often do get taken for granted and they're expected to do the things that they've always done. And the second biggest problem with a person who's too much of an accommodator is that others don't truly understand their needs. That might also be because the accommodator themselves don't understand their own needs, or maybe more importantly, haven't prioritized their needs. They'll tend to feel selfish about it. It can be difficult for a person who's an accommodator to break through this idea that it's not selfish to put your needs first once in a while. Another thing that an accommodator might struggle with is not understanding why people don't give to them the way they give to others, because their instinct is to give up of themselves so much. They figure that other people should be doing the same thing because it's natural to them, not understanding the fact that it's not natural to everybody to give as much as you give. That's how you show you care. Other people show their care in their way. So to create a sense of balance in your relationship, I would highly encourage an accommodator to practice saying no. If you can't do something or you feel overwhelmed, give yourself permission to say no. You might catch other people off guard because they're not used to it, but in time they will understand. Also work very hard at prioritizing your needs. It's not a selfish thing to do. As a matter of fact, it's a healthy thing to do. If you find it that you're having a hard time understanding what your needs are or what you want, be patient with yourself, but don't give up on it. Genuinely consider what you might want, and that way people start understanding your needs and respecting your boundaries. If after this podcast you're thinking to yourself, I think I have a little bit of all three, we all do. 
we cannot be sharks and turtles and accommodators. However, many of us tend to lean in a certain direction more than others. So in full disclosure, the story about the guy who hid behind his wife when the dog was coming is me. And in my defense, I really thought the dog was going to hurt us. But that's beside the point. The point is, is that in that moment I demonstrated that I have a turtle in me. I've had to confront the reality that I could be an avoider. And I've spent many years working on that, advocating for myself. And yes, the girlfriend who was driving was my wife. She was very much a shark back in the day. Never with me, which I appreciated. But no lie, there were situations where I genuinely thought she was going to start a fight. And I, being the turtle that I was at the time, had a very difficult time handling that. But we worked it out. She's not that person anymore. And I'm not the turtle anymore. So wherever you lean, know it and understand how it's affecting the relationships in your life. I hope this episode was helpful. And I encourage you to find me on Instagram at The Male Therapist Perspective. Send me a message about an episode you might be interested in or if you have any questions about today's episode. So with that, thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time.